to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so sorry that I missed everyone last week. It was um, <laughs> almost to a hilarious degree. Spirit just said no episode last week. It came in the form of lots of things like personal kind of cycles that I was moving through and lots and lots of service last week. Just very powerful energy, um, a lot of process, a lot of, a lot. Um, I just got every single time I, I attempted to sit down and record that it just wasn't the time. And so I really honored that because I'll always honor that. Um, even though my commitment is to once a week, um, if I really get a no, I'll always honor the no, just so everyone knows that, um, for you, not even just so you can prepare for disappointment, but you can always trust that if I'm communicating or sharing something, it really is offered in the highest good, um, that I get a personal yes on from my guides. And, you know, I, I know that sometimes that can border on like, um, <laughs> like, uh, sometimes it feels like from my perspective, when I do stuff like this, um, like I'm flaking out and blaming spirit, but truly I did try, I had things to talk about and I, I just really got a strong no in the body. So I'm sorry. I promise that won't happen a lot. I might be late every once in a while, but I will try to not, not post unless, uh, I either get a no or unless, uh, in the case of what happened with October's monthly medicine, like the date is so off that, um, uh, to post on a Tuesday would be so far away from the first of the month, but with November, we're not going to have to worry about that because I am going to be posting a sewing, a Samhain or a, a Halloween episode for November's monthly medicine, which is going to be tight. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, my apologies about last week. It just sometimes is going to happen, but it doesn't mean I'm not very sorry about the disappointment that anyone felt. Um, anyway, beyond that, um, damn, some pretty, we've been in some pretty intense energy lately. I'm going to touch on that because it's so big that I kind of feel like I have to, and I haven't heard, I haven't heard a lot of people discussing the energy lately. And when that happens, I like to give voice to it because, um, sometimes I think that there's a tone of shame, um, this, uh, the medicine and the energy in this last new moon in Libra was so intense and I have nothing in my chart in Libra. Um, Libra is the sign of sacred balance. And because there's never, literally never in the history of this planet is as far as human civilization, never been as important a time to really lock into oneness with our dharma with what we promise to do with how we promise to evolve here on earth there's never been a more um hot time to kind of step into those places uh the energies of what the signs bring in the moon cycles that they come in are far more pointed and intense right so in both the dark moon leading up to the new moon in libra and the actual new moon in libra holy shit so basically the function of that, because we're well out of the new moon in Libra, obviously, but um, 
it's powerful to touch in on this in case you are still going through your own journey with that. Essentially what we're meant to do and what we were meant to do in this kind of phase was to get clear on to be shown powerfully anything in our bodies, our nervous systems, our minds, our actions, our words that are out of balance or in some way not in alignment with what's serving us anymore. And for some of us, myself included, what came from that kind of um, visual invitation was a lot of trauma release. And that was my flow last week was really working with a big piece of shrapnel that came up that it was powerful because it showed me my growth and how I'm able to kind of doula myself in those moments. And that was something that I was personally really proud of, but it was extremely intense and very uncomfortable. And I felt like um, a lot of people that I spoke to were going through that. And what can sometimes happen when we're going through something like that is that it can put us in a situation where we're a little, it's a little hard to describe or understand exactly what we're going through. So if you've been in that, you're not alone. And I encourage you, even if you're, even though the moon is way out of Libra, it doesn't matter. Um, Those energies are larger than moon phases, even larger than the astrological signs. They come in on the new moon, but they stay until we've understood. So if you've been in that, if you've been moving that, moving through that, trying to piece yourself into um, what it is that you are being called to look at, where it is that things are not in exact alignment for you, um, just take a moment to journal and just really tune in without any kind of story or with any kind of judgment. Like it's nothing's a problem just to really drop in, you know, are you being deeply shown that there's some spots in your romantic relationships that are a little bit out of sync? Is it your clients, your friends? Uh, Is there something really strong that you're being asked to look at so that there can be a reintegration, a re-understanding, a rebalancing? Um, even now, my experience with it was so powerful that I, I'm not sure that I have the languaging yet to really fully um, like bring it full circle. Sometimes like the human part of me needs, needs that time. Not because there's pain, but just because like it does, you know? So wherever you happen to be in that, I encourage everyone to feel empowered to recenter. Um, whatever you need to look for, reach for, ask for, tune in with, give yourself, please do so um, unconditionally in whatever way that you need. Um, super important to offer ourselves that and to feel our feet under us. Um, when I was going through kind of my processing of the big kind of upheaval I went through, um, there wasn't really anybody around me. Like I could feel my my teacher kind of energetically close as I always do, but she's away. And my husband was like at work and um, there was just me. And yet I didn't feel alone. It was really powerful because there are lots of times when that wouldn't have been the case for me. It wouldn't have been okay for me to go through that on my own. And if you're there too, 
um, where it's not okay, that's perfectly fine. There's always something to honor and bow to wherever we are on our journey. Um, so even though we're way out of that, technically speaking, that cycle and that moon phase, uh, the echoes of it may still be reverberating through. And I want to draw everyone's attention to how important that is, whether you felt it in the dark moon leading up to the new moon. Dark moons are all about clearing and cleansing, making space. The new moon being this brand new time for balance and, and integration in all things. So if you're still needing that medicine, you can still lean into it, even though we are now out of that time. And speaking of being out of that time, happy first day of Scorpio. I'm one of those weirdos that, um, like, it is the most wonderful time of the year for me. <laughs> I know everyone talks about it being very extreme, and maybe I'll get my ass handed to me, but I'm ready. I'll go down. I'll go down happily. I love Scorpio season. Um, married to a Scorpio, I really enjoy. I really enjoy them. I always have, and. Um, I appreciate the opportunity every year to get closer to my cycles, to the parts of me that are ready to be shed, to have the veils be so thin. It's just a real sweet time. Um, and I'm really loving it. So um, I uh, will have so much more to say next week because next week is our monthly medicine episode for the month of November. And I'm so pumped to share it with everyone. But I want to do a little shout out, then I want to talk about the episode. So uh, I want to talk about Rebecca Erev. So <clears throat> Rebecca Erev, whose name I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, did the Moon Angels um, Oracle deck. I think it's just called Moon Angels. I'm literally Googling as I'm <laughs> like on the phone because I want to make, or as I'm recording this. Yeah, the Moon Angels deck. Um I wasn't sure if it was like Oracle, whatever, but it's, they're just moon angel cards. So sorry about that. I have had this deck, even though I can't remember the name of it, um, for several years. It is the most gorgeously, uniquely curated, channeled set of images. And it was birthed by um, amazing artist, activist, uh, intuitive reader, Rebecca Arev, and I wanted to shout out something that she's doing called Queer Mikva, which is so gorgeous. And if you're looking for something really powerful to um, support and look into, I just simply can't recommend her work enough. Like her writing, um, it's so gorgeous. She is such a gifted artist. Um, such a gifted artist. Um, the book that comes along with Moon Angel cards are really special, very unique. It's a deck completely unto itself. And there'll be more about how to access like a deck or whatever in the liner notes. But she, right now she has an Indiegogo campaign to fund um, this beautiful film, essentially a participatory documentary film. So mikvah is a powerful Jewish water ritual of transformation and healing. And in Rebecca's words, it is not often accessible. Mikvahs are not often accessible to queer and transgender people because these spaces are segregated by gender. That's why they are making a film and facilitating queer mikvah ritual to happen. And this film um, essentially is, sorry for the sirens, it's New York's form of angel 
<laughs> angel twinkle sounds. Um, the function and the um, point kind of of this beautiful offering by Rebecca, who's a queer artist, is to support and document queer artists and ritual leaders as they vision new interpretations of mikra. Um, and the film follows several queer people looking to find home in spirituality through using mikvah, which again is an ancient Jewish ritual of water immersion. Um, and again, primarily these water rituals happen in synagogues, which are segregated in their use by gender in according with Jewish custom. And um, it's essentially weaving together this beautiful ancient practice with sexuality in the most beautiful forms and in all forms and seeing how both of them weave together it is so beautiful Rebecca is so beautiful she's really fabulous um I've been a fan of hers for a while and tuned in with this project and like I get nothing for telling you about it I believe in it so strongly I think it's gorgeous and um, if you'd like to donate to helping Queer Mikvah happen, helping this beautiful documentary film happen to bring, once again, bring together um, people from every single walk, from every single, there is such an important need to, um, I feel, make ancient ritual um, available to anyone, everyone. It's really important to bring that together. Um, if you're interested in donating, um, you could not be donating to a better cause, to a better group of people and to a better, like beautiful film being created. I just, again, can't recommend it more. Um, a lot of what I read, uh, is directly from, um, the verbiage that is on the Indiegogo campaign. I feel like, like as a former Catholic, I had no idea about this and, how beautiful to be able to support and align with this vision. Um, and as witches, it's so important to support. So anyway, if you'd like to donate to Rebecca's film, you can do that by following the link on my uh, profile. And, you know, again, like her deck is thebomb.com. Her art is incredible. I can't believe I just said thebomb.com on my professional podcast, but there you go. Um, they're amazing and truly nothing like them at all. So if you'd like to get yourself a deck, that will also be in the liner notes of the podcast. Okay, now that I've yapped um, onto my interview, y'all, I am so excited to release this. This interview today is with Melinda Lee Holm, who is a hardcore, real deal, multi-decade using tarot reader in Los Angeles. Melinda and I really got to go deep in this interview, really got to talk about some master level, advanced level shit. It's a, it's really cool. Um, it was really cool to dialogue with her about that. Hopefully it serves everybody. Um, I'm extra excited to put this out right now because Melinda is not only um, a fucking brilliant and gifted tarot reader, intuitive woman, teacher. She's, a, she's also a designer and a jewelry maker and has been featured like in Vogue everywhere. We talk a little bit about how 
Um, her experience with getting featured in Vogue kind of blew her up a little bit in this way, like a couple days before she, I believe, um, I quit her, quit kind of the last of her day gigs. And, um, you know, everybody has kind of different dharma, karma with press. Um, but for Melinda, like just what a beautiful experience it was to have her work recognized like that and to have it be such a loud echo of support from the universe. Um, so yeah, that was just beautiful. And she's got a brand new collection of tarot jewelry that is so beautiful, um, is all handcrafted by her, is, um, using some very specific stone medicine to kind of encapsulate the energy of the cards that she used, high priestess strength, death, um, so powerful and beautiful. This was, um, it's really an honor to know Melinda. She's such a generous, lovely, gifted, tremendous person. And it's really, really exciting to be able to share this interview again, just with someone making it happen and working with the energy of tarot in kind of a different way. Like again, not only giving readings and serving in that way, but also channeling the essence of the cards into these beautiful offerings. And um, I believe at the release of this podcast, if not a couple of days prior to this podcast, her jewelry is up and out available for purchase. So if you'd like to purchase a piece for yourself, there will be links in the liner notes of this podcast that will take you straight to there. So there are lots of really beautiful ways to donate and support if you feel called to that. Um, and by the way, I want to start doing a little bit more of this. So if you have a thing, um, oh, this is also so important. Raina Gossett. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place today, but really important before I forget. Raina Gossett is an incredible artist um, who is going through a huge, um, profound uh, kind of blowing the lid off of um, a movie, a film that's being made by Netflix about this incredible transgender activist and artist that was in no way, shape, or form um, meant to be co-opted by the man who kind of co-opted it, took it to Netflix, etc. Um, I've donated to Rena. Uh, it's such an important story. So another way to kind of support artists, support work that really represents stories that are being told from the source. Um, Raina's story and a way to donate to her will be in the liner notes of the podcast. It's such a wonderful way to also, again, like give of your money generously if that's something that you're feeling really called to do. Um, sorry to shift off back to Melinda. <laughs> really important. By the way, I completely did not give Raina's story the due it deserves, but um, I, I know that reading it in her own words will be really important for everyone listening to this. So if you're interested, um, please, by all means, read and um, offer support. Uh, so back to Melinda. Uh, it was just such a gift. She's actually Los Angeles based, but she happened to be in New York. And so she was able to physically come here and do this interview. And I'm just really excited to share it with y'all. She's so lovely. Um, next month, I've got some pretty unbelievable guests in the can. I think everyone's going to be very pleased. And I've got a wonderful lesson episode that will absolutely be coming out in November. We will not have a missing episode like we did this month. Um, 
and a real, real juicy monthly medicine episode that again is going to drop on, on uh, Halloween. So enjoy your week. Enjoy Scorpio season. If that's part of your flow, I'm sending everybody love. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this kind of a little bit of a whirlwind. I just try to get it done before 20 minutes. So thank you for your patience with me on that and enjoy my conversation with Melinda. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Soul's Highest Evolution. I have a bright shining star in my room today from LA, fresh off the plane, Not obviously not for this, (laughs) but amazing that we could meet in person, even though she is one of the finest tarot readers and spiritual just space holders in Los Angeles. Mm. I have Melinda Lee home in, in the studio. Like it's my room, but in the space on the podcast, Melinda and I met at a LA workshop that I taught and you really just came to hang with your friend. Yeah. Now my friend, Diva. Yeah. And cause obviously you know so much and uh, well, first of all, I'll go back to how we met in a moment, but Melinda is an incredible many, many years tarot reader. I've been doing it forever. She's a professional. She offers readings and um, sacred sessions in Los Angeles. Um, you have kind of done tarot work in a lot of different places, and now are you working just out of your home? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, uh, I stole the dining room, and yeah. I made it into my studio. It seemed more important (laughs) I think it is yeah I think it is much more important um that's amazing and then uh she's also an unbelievable jewelry designer and has just started when does that collection go live is it out it's uh it goes live it is not out uh I need to shoot it and load the pictures into the shop and then it (laughs) won't be <laughs> yeah, logistics. Well, she's um, an incredible jewelry designer and makes intentional jewelry, intentional lines of jewelry, and now has this yes. brand new tarot collection. Yes, and I can't fucking wait. So excited about it! I can't wait to get get you into some of it. Me neither. Such... I'm gonna be in LA in two months, and I'm ready to come to your space <gasps> yes. and shop. Oh my god! I'm ready to invest so in a piece. And you've been in Vogue. You've been ev- everywhere, like literally profiled in yeah. so many places. She's a regular monthly contributor to the Numinous and writes the most beautiful column about kind of the major energetic transits and um, focal moments in terms of energy. And do you yes. intuitively choose a tarot card to talk about for that? Or do you just like tune in with your awareness, knowledge, think about it? I, you know... Both really, it's I'll choose the card intuitively, and then kind of go back and do the research Work and be backwards. like, you know, is this really? And of course, you know, it's like the answer is always yes. Of course, like yeah. of course. Um, but yeah, and I try to do a mix of, you know, astrological transits, and then also 
like culturally relevant days, whether they yeah. be like holidays, awareness days, um, you know, anniversaries of events in history, um, to just, you know, really get, get the tarot, get that wisdom, get that energy into every parts of our lives yeah. and to kind of teach people to, uh, to go back to the tarot as a, as an anchor for anything that's coming up in life and that it's not just in this separate ivory tower. Mm. Amen to that sister. Right. Love that. Well, Melinda, this is such an honor to have you. You're kind of, um, I feel like in terms of your work require kind of no introduction. Like you've been doing it a very, very long time. You're extremely oh, seasoned. You. Like it's a huge honor to have you here. I'm so honored to be here. <laughs> it's incredible. I yeah I mean when I when I met you just just to have a little yeah like <laughs> a little, a little girly squishy moment but oh. like it was just like that feeling of meeting somebody where I was like oh my people like totally. she gets it yeah and you know and as you know doing doing this kind of work it's it's just rare to meet somebody who who gets it so specifically I feel the same way about you yeah and the I'm honored. And also the other thing that I wanted to say about you, that this is a perfect dovetail for that. You are someone who is seasoned in it, have obviously been, have done it for like now, like decades. And oh, yeah. yeah, like easily. <laughs> Weirdly. Yeah. And you are super nice and really generous and have oh. the attitude of just humble student while also standing in your awareness and your confidence and I I personally feel like you're one of very few people that I've met who contain all of those qualities. Which, oh, thank you. I oh, appreciate yeah. that. I think it's I think it's so so important. Yeah. And and I think that I part of that comes out of you know, I come from very 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 humble beginnings and I just I just never felt like it would it would serve me to lie or to mm. pretend to be something that I'm not. Yeah. And so uh, I've just always tried to be really, at times I've been far too open and <laughs> too <laughs> yeah. like yeah. inappropriate disclosure style uh, for anybody who's gone to a lot of therapy. In yeah, I hear you. Uh, and so, you know, kind of rein that back in. But it's it just being... Being nice gets you so far in life in anything that you're doing. I agree. I love it. It's not hard to be nice. No. It's really not. And I, and yet, and yet, I feel like it's really hard to come by, especially yeah. in our industry, in yeah. our community. Like, it's really hard. Yeah. Well, people are afraid. And people sure. are, you know, and I understand too, like my family's very supportive. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of people, you know, in our yeah. field, their families aren't supportive. They're used to being kind of badgered about it. And, uh, and so I get it, you know, that people have this kind yeah. of defensiveness, but that defensiveness just makes you more vulnerable. Absolutely, because, girl. Great. Now you've got to hold up this wall that yeah. you're cobbling together and it's just, it's just such bullshit. And yeah. so, you know, one of the questions that I get asked a lot, and I'm sure you do too, by, mm. by people, um, you know, professionally in interviews or just, or just casually is like, well, how does it work? 
How does it work? And I think that that's a question that gets people really defensive and fearful and like, well, it does and da 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 And, you know, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of theories. And I just say, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. that's it. And I don't care. I'm, oh my God. I've literally never <laughs> heard anyone else. Yes. Right? That's all I can say. Yes. There Who are fucking so cares how it fucking works. Cares. All I know is I sit down, somebody I, sits across from me, I put down the cards, yes. I talk through the cards, and they are helped. Yes. I don't need to know more. Can I can I can I say that I was just talking about this either last night this last 12 hours. <gasps> no. Like literally just talking about how um I don't remember who I was talking who what I've been talking to. Um whatever this like whatever. You know, you're an intuitive as well as I am. Yeah. I get a lot of, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with this question, but I've become more and more honest about it, and it's been very liberating. Yes. A lot of people, when they sit down with me, I am positive you get this question, are like, who are my guides? What are their names? How do I talk to them? And I'm like, first of all, years. It takes years and years and years, and I'm still learning years of devotion, like any other relationship of being available, of thinking you hear things and then having to go back and tweak, all different kinds, and like hearing things, scraping your knees and then realizing that that's what they intended all along. And also, it's not to be disrespectful to anyone because some people may receive in different ways than I do. To me, I've never received a name in my life. No. They're nameless, formless, never lived, they're not your grandmother, it's different. And I've just gotten way more, like, (laughs) not mean, just like, I don't know. I can't tell you. They'll give you a name if you want. But, like, it's so much more vast. And it's just the mystery. It's just honoring. Like, this is a mysterious process. Yeah. And we all have different different gifts and different ways of accessing, you know. And I'm... And it is, it's, it's incredible. Like people actually, when you're just really direct Mm -hmm. and honest, people accept that answer at face value and just go, oh, okay. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, why why have I been beating my fucking head against a wall all these years? Like trying to make up something that would sound okay. Totally. Like, yeah. And I, and I'm really honest with people too. I say, look there, you know, there are a lot of tarot readers who are also psychic. And I'm not one. I'm not one. I'm not one either. I'm literally reading the cards. You would like be I'm both. reading the symbology of the cards. Like I have now. Like I also have a unique background. You know, like I like I studied art history. I have oh, like all, all of this. Yeah, like the the symbology and stuff. So I'm accessing something different. But really, the most and it, it, there's an intuitive aspect too. And I do get messages. I feel the room shift. Mm-hmm. I shuffle the cards until I feel the room shift, and then I'm like, okay. When I'm talking about something, which is actually happening right at this moment, when I'm talking about something that they're really happy about, yeah. the top of my head gets tingly. Totally. You know, and I have like my this shamanic healer that she she gets tingling down like down her arm. Mm-hmm. So there's just all sorts of different things that you kind of eventually go, oh fuck it, this is what I have. Like yeah. take it or leave it. Just in a fl- <laughs> yeah yeah, and that's what's so freeing. I think about um doing this 
for a long time because you really do round into a space where you're just, yeah, I don't know if it's a feeling. It's just an embodiment of this understanding. Like if you don't like it, that's totally fine. You might not. Good for you. Like it, this is what I've got. If you want to sit in the experience and if you're called, that's fine. But like, if I don't know, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. If I can't answer it, I'm going to tell you I can't. Right. And I think the thing that's shifted for me, and it sounds like for you, is that I used to get really upset when I couldn't answer a question. Yes. And now I'm not upset. Yes. (laughs) Because I know what it is to not have my questions answered and to... Yeah, I don't know. It's, It's very powerful. And I think, too, the more that... Uh, tell me if you agree with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think like the more you're willing to say you don't know, the more empowerment you're giving back to your client. The more that you're... Yes. Yeah, the more you empower them to go, what do I think? Absolutely. Right? And I think that it serves their empowerment also to hear the expert be humble. Melinda. Mm, Yes, right? like lightning bolt. That is major, and it's this yeah. like, oh, yeah, she doesn't know either, and that's okay. Right. Yeah. Right. It's okay not to know. It's great not to know a lot of times. Yeah. It's so it leaves you open to explore mm-hmm. more possibility. You, know, you get to be the page when you don't know. That's right. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> like totally tootling around town with your wand or your sword you know absolutely and just exploring like it's a really it's a really powerful place to be wow we're on a good we're on a good roll here I want to I we're going to come back to that obviously because this is such a good flow in this conversation like we've just happened upon so much medicine thank you I can't wait to go deeper. Um, I actually want to go back to the beginning. So you're from Minneapolis, are you not? Yes. Okay, cool. Live in LA now. Yep. Um, Tell me how you found tarot. Tell me how it found you. How did it, like, how'd you get your first deck? I, so I grew up in Minneapolis suburbs and, uh, you know, in uh, like kind of, not kind of a dark situation in a dark situation. Right. Like it was shitty in a lot of ways. And, yeah. uh, and so I spent a lot of time kind of in escape. Yeah. Um, it, and it served me really well. Like, mm. you know, I can judge myself for it and I did for many years and now I don't. But one of the things I would do would just be like, go wandering around by myself like as a young teenager, just like go walking, you know, like through the suburbs of Minneapolis, like, ooh, charming. But so I, I wandered to Northtown Mall and was just walking around the bookstore and stumbled into the metaphysical section, you know, where it's just it, like when you're totally directionless, I was like, I don't even know what this 13, 14, 15, somewhere like... Mm-hmm. Very, very young. I hadn't gone to art school yet, so it had to be like before 15. And found found this section and was totally drawn in. And I got the Crowley deck was my first deck. Of course it was. Of course, right? Wow. Straight A student. Got to go for the most complex. Got his <laughs> book. Yeah. Of course. Which is. Not a more simple book. I got his book that I was just like, yeah. whoo. 
and uh, <laughs> and and the the Buckland's Book of Witchcraft. Of course. Yeah. Yes. And went and went home, and it was just like. And when I look back now, like, oh my god, I'm so impressed. Like I was just this little, mm-hmm. like self-taught, independent witch, yeah. like doing tarot readings and doing going through the witchcraft book, and like, oh, okay, so you know, sit and visualize white light in your third eye. And I have these vivid memories of just being like, like instantly flooded with white light, transported where I'm like, oh my God, I totally was like drawn to this section and completely taken care of. And it just became my anchor and my secret. You know, I mean, that was the early nineties, like it was not cool. Yeah. It was not anything that I talked to my friends about even or anything. It was just like my private little practice. Mm -hmm. And I still have, I still have the book. I still have the deck and I have two different notes on readings. (sighs) Yeah. Not from that. The earliest one that is Yeah. From, uh, from 96, I have. Wow. Dude. (laughs) Right. So fucking cool. Yeah, and it's and of course just like ever the student, you know, like drawn out the whole diagram of like what the spread was and all of my notes on it. Oh my god. Yeah. So you and um did you flow into doing readings for other people? No, I mean not for many, many years. Not like in school, like no fucking way. Nope. Yeah. Nope. It was totally and I think partly because of having, you know, growing up with with abuse and, and like the yeah. secret yes. kind of thing of that, there were a lot of things where I was just like, like if I felt at all, at all slightly ashamed of something, well, that has to be a secret, mm-hmm. you know, that just like kind of folds into all yeah. of that stuff. And so that was something where I was like, oh, I'm already weird. This is going to be too much. You know, like I got like, to definitely going to get pushed into more lockers if this gets out. I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, yeah. So I just kept it a secret and I didn't start reading for other people. I mean, God, I want to say for like 20 years. I was in my 30s. Wow. Before I start like early 30s and then it kind of came up again. So I have two questions and... I'm I'm trying to decide which one to go with first. I think, okay, I know the one that I want to ask first, and then I'll go back to another one when it's time again. Um, well, maybe they're one and the same. So Ooh. the two questions that I wanted to ask you, one of them is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. What and how did your experience as an abuse thriver and survivor um how is that woman in to your journey as a tarot reader because I feel like yeah it's everything yes and it's a big part of my journey too yes and my second question was when and what was the moment when you started to turn this toward other people were they related somehow um, maybe I feel like I have to find out by answering. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's like, see. Yeah, so the it has, I mean, just like you said, everything. 
like my experience of, you know, surviving abuse as a child informs every part of my life. And now I see it as being in a very positive way because I knew very, very early in life, far too early in life, that people you trust will say fucked up things to you and you can't believe them. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the element that I see a lot of people that I care about around me struggle with of like trying to please people are like, oh God, what do people think of me? Very early on, it was just like, fuck you like I don't like I have to know who I am Mm. literally in order to survive yes just like life or death I have to know who I am I have to make it through this and and I think that that's such an incredible gift Mm. to have and it took me a really, really, really long time <laughs> and a and lot of therapy. Yeah, yes. and a little medication to open me up to the therapy <laughs> yes. for a while, you know, like yes. like all of that had to. But it was and then like a lot of spiritual work, you know, and a lot of um, dealing with the concept of you chose to be here. Absolutely. You chose to be born into this. So. What did you see in that experience that was going to benefit you? Yes. And I and I do think that just like having to know who you are, even when you're like a crumbled wreck of a person, mm-hmm. like still having to carry that, it's still present in there. And um, mm. and now and now it's something that that I definitely thrive with. It also allows me to be. Uh, let me rephrase that. Nothing my clients can say upsets me. Yeah. I have, and I know that you have too, clients who have been through horrifying, Mm -hmm. horrifying trauma. And I am able to hold space for them. Absolutely. Because I'm like, yeah, I've been like, I haven't been, maybe I haven't been exactly to that place, but I have been to Helen back. Like, it's the same forest. Exactly. Yeah. And I think for those of us who have lived and embraced uh, our, our Persephone, yeah. our version of Persephone, it's just like, yeah. and you know what? I like it down here too. Like, this is a comfortable place for me at this point. Like, I've dealt with it. And I really, I enjoy it. It feeds me to be able to be down there with someone who maybe doesn't have anybody else. You know, like, I've had people come in who they're like, I literally can't talk to anyone else in my life about this because it upsets them too much, which I totally relate to. I, I mean, like my best friends, my husband does not know all of the details of Mm -hmm. what I went through. And because it's like, I, I protect them from that. And so to be able to sit with somebody and offer them a space to talk face to face with another human. Yeah. Oh, You know, I'm just like, nothing. It's so beautiful. And I, I want you to keep going. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I'm getting kind of lost in no, the weeds. But it is, is incredible. It's such, it's just such, such a beautiful gift. And I hope my greatest, greatest hope and aspiration is that I will be able to unlock something for somebody where they can get to the point where I am of seeing like, okay, this really, really shitty thing happened, Mm -hmm. but I got something out of it that I would never give back. Yeah. Not for a million dollars, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's not the same as saying that shitty thing. Oh, it was actually a good thing because a good thing came out of it. No, Mm -hmm. that's not it. It's just acknowledging that there's a side benefit and that that is golden. You know, you're fucking nailing it. Number one. Yes. Bringing the truth bombs left and right. <laughs> My apartment is destroyed right now because of these truth bombs. There's so much. The first thing is that um, thank you for being a person on the planet who shows up in service of people and mm. doesn't want to just sage them away. Yes. Which I, I, you know, like real talk, I've totally been that person like in the last like three years. Oh, yeah. Because I'll show up somewhere and really feel like I'm going to have space held for my stuff. Yep. And I'm really, um, we really like survivors of abuse and trauma can really fry people's nervous systems who just don't want to go there at all. Yep. Like just by showing up. So... Yeah, they they can't handle it. Yeah, they cannot handle it. That's (laughs) fine. That's why we're here. Right, exactly. Different strokes. Yep. So thank you, and I I I honor you in that. And secondly, um, you're talking about something with so much commitment and heart openness that I feel too, and I don't hear a lot, which is someone reflecting on the fact that. They are really living their lives in a way where they see things as being for them oh. rather than to them. And, and that, yes. that is a fucking, and I, and by the way, I, that is, we are of a similar mind. I, I do personally believe I chose my parents. I believe that I chose this body, yep. this life for this particular cycle of mastery in this yes. go around. And I hold that space for others as well, while also acknowledging that they don't necessarily have to agree with it. It's fine not to, but to hear someone so deeply committed to their understanding and their um, personal responsibility. Oh, and their- I love how you, I love that phrasing for you and not to, to you. you. It's so, I'm totally going to steal it and use it with my clients. It's Great. so simple and easy yeah. to understand of just like, just, it's just the slightest tweak. Yeah. And when you feel that way, and I'm, again, it's just a mirroring of the wisdom you just shared. When you feel that way about your life, you can't help but reflect the cards like that. Right. Right. Well, that's what people totally, totally, <laughs> which totally. comes to another thing. So, and I don't know if you do this, but I... So I lay, you know, I lay out a 10 card spread. Yeah. And I, you know, generally what I do is kind of, you know, like, like talk, talk through it in order, like one through 10. But what I start with 
is the scariest looking card. Totally. That is the card that I start with every that. time because people will fixate on it and they see it there. People are very into this idea that there are good cards and bad cards. And there are not. And there are not. Yeah. They're always, and I, I think that one of like, even more than very specific things about people's lives, one of the greatest gifts I give clients is when I explain to them like, well, you know, I understand why you have that view. And I understand that you're looking at the tarot card or the tower card and that there are bodies falling out of a crumbling uh-huh. that like, it's terrifying, but consider this like you know the towers are symbolic of these kind of armatures of understanding that we have within like frameworks how we frame the world Mm -hmm. well so you know some of those towers coming down can be really scary but what if your tower is that you've always loved music but you think that you're not allowed to be a musician because it's not a real job melinda then tear that tower down bring it Bringing it. The tower what? can be positive. It's so positive. I actually I wrote have... about it in the Numinous this month, and I was like, oh my God, people are going to lose their fucking minds. I'll bet I wrote everyone a... fucking shit their pants. Oh, Loved yeah. it. I was like, no, I'm, yes, I am here telling you to call in the tower card. Absolutely. I know it's blowing your minds. Get into it. <laughs> Get into it. Get on my level. Totally. I've gotten tower around, like, my body. Oh, my beliefs about yes. my body like I've gotten like oh you know I can't wear this do that blah 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 I'll totally yeah. get towered someone will burst on through <laughs> the scene or my husband will show up in some way and I'm invited to be like well you know yep. tower is a crumbling of beliefs that are not serving us it's yep. not bad it's not bad it's not the only way to make it feel bad is to fight it God damn right. Yeah, just like, uh, like get it, getting out like I have your spackle. such a charge. Like, I feel like I'm like seeing, I don't know. I have such a charge. I feel like I'm at like yes. a show or something. I know. Like we're, we're at a rally. <laughs> like getting yes. people fired up about a the tower, tower car. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I want to sneak back to something. Yes. So um, I love, by the way, also I want to speak to this as well. Fucking love that you speak to the most kind of frightening looking card. I don't do that. And I that that's so beautiful because I think that's just such a pure extension of your intention and attention as a reader um, mm. that you would, because essentially what you're doing is something that I subscribe to as a woman, as a teacher, as a person and, you know, reader and beyond. You're, it's genius because not only are you just going right to it, getting right down to it but you're also helping your clients to flip into parasympathetic nervous system out of fight flight so they can listen to you yes because they won't hear you they won't they'll be staring at that card the entire time yeah and it's not their fault that's people yep but i love your awareness of that it's so powerful well and it's so and sometimes quite literally like their eyes will pop open you just go okay Tech, do you use Rider, right? Smith yeah, I, the Smith. Yeah, that's I right. use the the Smith, the the Smith commemorative exactly. Yes, that's um, what I which I just like. I like having her original original vision oh, with the, the coloring. Completely yes, it's a completely different deck. It really, it's subtler. Oh yeah, it's re- I I love it. Yeah, and and I really love. I mean, her illustrations 
are so beautiful and so clear. And I, I like to, um, it's, it's like I, when I do readings, I, depending on people's level of interest, which is usually really high, I will kind of walk them through why I'm saying what I'm saying about the cards. And so it's like a little bit of a tarot lesson and like, Oh, here's this in it, you know, and it works in a couple ways. I think that it, it gives them a view onto my thought process. So they're not just like, Oh, you're bullshitting me, (laughs) you know, kind of a thing. Like, Oh yeah, I do see that too. I'm like, yeah, see you're a tarot reader too. Like, come on in. The water's nice. (laughs) I love that. Um, But yeah. And I I just love the Smith deck for that. Mm-hmm. it's it's very very easy and the and the symbology of, of it is great now there are a lot of people currently who are allergic to that deck or to that because it does have a lot of christian symbology yeah. in it but i that christian symbology comes from somewhere it didn't start mm-hmm. with the patriarchy. That's right. They pulled that oh. out of early goddess worshiping cultures yeah. and they were like, oh, great. Like, we like that too. Like, let's apply that mm-hmm. to our burgeoning, you know, religion to try to get people on board with it. Yeah. And so there's, there's so much in that that I trace back further. I love that. So wait, let's dot because I want to go. There's so much. My head is exploding. I want to <laughs> talk about your journey through your teens and twenties into Ooh, like okay. later into yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. But first, I want to start with your journey into heart, art history that I feel like is related to your work with sacred stones and yes. jewelry. Where did that? Um, where did that start for you? And sort of how has that knowing the this. Um, season of your life how has that blended together for you with tarot well it really it started out uh because I was working I was working in photography I worked in photography for a really long time and I was into photography when I was a kid and I was always taking pictures and have always been like a blazing fucking feminist. Yes. Right? Like tabling for narrow before, you know, like like when I was 15 and, and, and stuff like that. So it's a good time yeah. to be like I I knew about like Judy Chicago and like yeah. Valerie Solana. Like I knew about all of that from being very young and it's it's a very rich time for my 12-year-old. Yes. I was, it's wonderful. Yeah. And it's so thrilling to be like oh my god like I'm kind of stepping into this matriarch role where there's you know like have you like these these teenage girls in my life were like oh holy shit like what was it like in the 90s and I was like it was great and terrible (laughs) just like now you know (laughs) (laughs) that is amazing totally Um, so so I had always been very very aware of and really into issues of representation mm. uh, in in media, in in visual, in in the visual culture. Mm-hmm. So working in photography really heightened that. And then I was working at a photography school, and so like seeing what different populations would naturally gravita- gravitate towards 
uh, shooting was extremely interesting. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and, you know, and everything with photography, like how do you make somebody look powerful, shoot them from slightly below, not even totally below, but just, just slight, the slightest lowering of the camera will empower your subject. Mm -hmm. If you shoot down on them even slightly, it diminishes them. And so like talking through these issues, because there were some very difficult conversations where we'd have some students where it's like, you are objectifying all of your subjects and we need to gently point this out to you. I know that you're not, you're not trying to do it, but let's talk about why. Um, And then I went back to college, you know, I was like in my, in my early to mid twenties, somewhere around there living in Seattle at that time. And, uh, and was like, had been doing kind of night school at community college Mm -hmm. and then got to a point where I just said, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to apply to university of Washington. There was a direct transfer agreement, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, I don't want to wait. I'm just going to apply. Got in and then received a letter that the university was giving me a scholarship in the exact amount of tuition. And I started sobbing. Sobbing. No one in my, I'm the first person in my family to, to go to college, you know, like no money for college, like not, none yeah. of that, like total public school kid. And it was just, it was just incredible. And I, I went for art history, which I thought was such a beautiful way to really bear down on, um, kind of a broader cultural implication of the art that I'd always been into, you know, so really studying how art operates in a society Mm. um and I loved it and I still love it um and so (laughs) I did you know I focused really a lot on uh 20th century avant-garde like like 60s kind of stuff Felix Gonzalez Torres is my ultimate ultimate forever uh favorite artist Mm. um yeah Look him up, everyone. Everyone. <laughs> it, will be, it will be in the show notes of the podcast. <sighs> so beautiful. Um, and then, you know, it's I. I'm just realizing this as I'm talking. For sure, studying art history made me like bring tarot into my like. It bubbled it up. Mm. Right from being this private thing, mm-hmm. I'm talking with my hands a lot and making a motion of it's like beautiful. jazz fingers moving up yeah. <laughs> a column. They're, they're like beautiful, <laughs> like working with the cauldrons. Yeah, paper. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm very into like my witch yes. fingers. Um, so it bubbled it up. It bubbled it up, and I started reading more, and I started getting into. Um, you know, getting into crystals and minerals, and which like let's be honest, is easy. They're beautiful. They're these beautiful things. <laughs> yeah, that you're just like so easy. Like, oh, I've got some gorgeous things in my pocket. They also have this great energy. Like, yeah. it's really, really easy. Um, it's so easy to yeah. love and get into crystals. Right? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> the easiest thing. Easiest thing. And then I had, there is a singular moment that brought it like way up to the, that was like the, like the ball popping. Okay. So I, I was, you know, I'd gone to college, graduating from college. I was doing all this stuff. I was like taking acting classes, like a little theater school. And I took this storytelling course 
And, uh, and I met this woman who we just connected immediately. Mm. And um, I have no idea how much older I am than her. I want to say at least a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, that might not be true. Maybe it just felt that way at the time. I don't, but at any rate, any rate, you know, very, very, very different backgrounds. And we just hit it off. And she had, well, I'm not saying her, I'm sorry, I'm kind of stumbling because I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it to not like disclose somebody else's shit too much. But she lost uh, a, a loved one. Mm-hmm. She had, she'd had a relationship with somebody. It was like, you know, they had broken up, but we're still talking. It had only been like a week. They loved each other very, very much. And then he died quite suddenly and quite tragically. And it was, I mean, just devastating. Yeah. Just devastating. And so, so deeply sad. And for, would be for absolutely anyone. But there was, there was something just particularly sad about, this young woman going through this who was just like, you know, like making her art and building her life and just, you know, just like young and alive and vibrant and, you know, like, like all family members still alive, all of this kind of stuff. So like, like having this first major trauma be like such a fucker of one. Yeah. And I, I was like, I don't yeah. What do you do? What do you do? What do you say? Like what like what can I possibly do? And so I um I got out got out the tarot deck with you know which was, so it was out and about at this time. Yeah, you know like I, I was waiting for friends. Yeah, it made its way. And I did a reading and you know on like on that same deck, on the Crowley deck which is the colors are just so gorgeous on it. Mm-hmm. And the reading was like all the same color. Wow. It was like very, very strong palette. And numerologically, it was just like all threes and nines, right? It, it, and in like all pinks and purples and da da da. And I, I guess I must have been making some jewelry at that point. Like I'd always kind of, but I just went, oh my God, I have to make her a necklace because wow. like the color, the crystals that match these colors are for spiritual connection, for feeling protected, for heart healing. And, uh, and so I just went, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And so I, I put together this necklace for her and gave it to her and she wore it every day for a very long time. And, and it was, and it was very, very comforting for her. And it was a moment too where I had to push past. I was like, oh my God, is this a drop in the bucket? Is this like, is this stupid? Is this, you know, <laughs> right. oh, like all that fear kind of stuff and was just wow. like, oh, I made you this. And I just, I wanted to, I just wanted to. Yeah. And I like, I hope that you'll receive it. And, and she did. And that it's wild looking back. Cause I mean, now, like, I mean, that was the first prescription adornment. Oh my God. That was the first one. Right. Just once again, like confirming. Yes. Again, like this woman was so clearly in your life. Yes. For both of you. Yes. 
too. I mean, what a beautiful... Yeah. It's... What a way to give birth to that. Right? It's, uh, yeah, it's just, and of course, at that moment, I had no idea, no way of knowing Mm. that I would be doing this full time. I mean, for sure. I mean, I think at that time, even. I had no clue. If you had put like a gun to my head, I would have, I'd be dead. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There were at least a thousand things that I thought I could be doing before this. Right? Yeah. There's no no way. And yeah, and so and I don't even know. My my memory is like not super great as far as time goes. So I might have like I worked for Amazon in the legal department for a while. I might have been working there. I might have been producing photo shoots. I might have been doing photo editing at that time. I'm not. Yeah. But you know, Somewhere something around there in the soup. In the soup. In a in a corporate, you know, environment or serving a corporate environment. So that's where you went after school. After you studied art history and began to kind of connect more with these things tarot came into your life you moved into a more corporate environment yeah that's cool yeah Yeah. my my first job out of out of college was uh at amazon headquarters and i amazing and i successfully and i maintained legitimately talked my way into working in the legal department doing like contract management and saying like no my art history degree was the perfect preparation for this job and I sat across from like general counsel or amazon.com she was like really tell me more why like well you know I've written 20 40 page papers all of my footnotes have to be like in a they have to be spot on exactly and not only does the content have to be exact and defensible the formatting has to be exact otherwise the meaning of things are changed and she was just like Oh shit! You know, like so, like all right, kid, like come yeah. on in, come on in. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. so that's what I did, and then. Um, and were you reading like in there? Did when did it yes. start that like you were? Yeah, I'd love to know the the. So, oh my god, I'm sorry. I have so many questions. I'm bubbling over. Where yeah. did so you were reading somewhat then? Yes. Um, obviously I know that the move to you, like stepping fully out into like, this is your job and it's your only job. Yes. Came more recently. ish. Yes. But, um, where was the flow? Like, where was your journey? So many people, that's their journey right now is trying to see. Right. Like what, what happened? The next thing that, so I was reading, you know, for myself, for friends, like playing with crystals. And then I met a woman who we took the same dance class from my friend, Amy O'Neill, who's fabulous. What kind of dance was it? uh, It was, it was a hip hop dance class. Wonderful. Uh, I was and remain terrible at it, but (laughs) I love being bad at something. I think because of like the straight A student mentality, like to just throw my body around and be like, no, I'm fucking all this up. is like very freeing to me. (laughs) So uh, there was another woman in that class who was a Reiki master. And so, and I was just like, all right, let's do this. And I took, um, Reiki one and two from her. And that was a major, major shifting point. Mm -hmm. And where for the first time ever in my life, I was sitting 
with a group of people who were looking at me, like really at me, truly, and saying, yes, you're he- you belong here. Wow. You're supposed to be here. Like this is this is real. This is a serious thing and you're yeah. supposed to be here. So that was incredible. And I think not coincidentally, right after that, I was like, oh, I need to move to Los Angeles, I think. I got to wow. get out of Seattle. That's cool. Yeah. And so, you know, like kept doing the Reiki and then and then moved um, moved down to L.A. And about a year after I moved to L.A., I got laid off. But here's the crazy thing. I can't wait to hear it. I... I hated my job so much and I now I can say it out loud because I don't have the job but at the time it was like such an asshole move to say that I hated my job. I was mm. doing photo editing so technically I was in a creative field. I was working from home. You know what I mean yeah. where it was people were just like I have zero sympathy for you. Like <laughs> I know what you mean. No, you know yeah. it's like but I don't okay. Yeah. And I, I get it. had this this like vision of what what my ideal life would be like and was like I grew up working retail like you know people feel like you work in restaurants or you work in retail retail I was a retail kid Mm -hmm. so I thought god if I could just you know by this time I was doing a lot more readings and I was making a lot of jewelry and experimenting with like you know like kind of teaching myself new jewelry techniques it was all it was all happening but I was still working this full-time job but god I could just do so much with the personal stuff that I'm doing, if I just like worked part time at a little store that like for friends, you know, that like sold stuff that I really liked, like not a shit store and like not like a totally. department store, but like, God, that would be so cool. And then I immediately like crumpled it up and threw it in the trash, like just like, <laughs> well, that's never going to happen well, anyway, you know, and moved on with my life and totally forgot about it. Like, fast forward six months. And now I'm here to say, I know the ending to this story. And yes! I know that. Yes! Continue. Go ahead. I'm like, my, I'm like beaming over here. Oh, my God. It blows. Yeah. So fast forward six months. I get laid off. And I swear to fucking God, I get laid off a day or two after I thought to myself, like, I have, like... I'm a single lady with $200 in my bank account and no (laughs) savings. Like I am not doing well with this like adult finances thing. Like Mm -hmm. I am really, really fucking this up. Like Mm. I have to get my shit together. I don't know how much longer I'll have this job. Like I have to appreciate it. I have to appreciate the job. Boom. Laid off. Like (laughs) right after that. And I kind of went, Oh, (laughs) 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 okay. So I, and you know exactly where this is going, I go see my dear friends Mark and Martin at Spellbound Sky. Yes. Who had just opened, I can't remember how, they, they had not been open all, it was in the old space, in the small space. Oh. They, it was just the two of them oh my running gosh. the store. And I, I went in and was just like, hey. Got a job for me? Uh, yeah, I don't know if, like, you or anybody you know, like, uh, I need a part-time job kind of desperately. And Mark said, oh, my God. Martin and I were just saying that it's getting to be too much. We can't do this by ourselves. We need somebody. But who will we possibly trust with our baby? Oh. You know, like, how... Yeah. How can this happen? 
And uh, they're like, absolutely, yes. So I started working for them part-time, and it was incredible. It was like getting a master's in crystals, yeah. right? Like, it was incredible. Oh, it just took your education that much further. So much further, and and made the connections. You know, because people were coming in with all sorts of issues, all sorts of issues, mm-hmm. and being able to just on the spot, in the moment, say, okay, like, you know, this or this or this. It also is a master lesson in saying, being able to say, I don't know. Yeah. Let me look it up. Yeah. Let me ask someone else. Let me, like, because I, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you while you're going through something very real. Like, I'm going to take care of you in a responsible mm. way. And you know, for a while it was just, it was really, really touch and go. And, and Martin was just constantly like, live in abundance, live in abundance, live in abundance. Like be thankful for the abundance that you have every day. You ate breakfast this morning. That's great. You're not hungry. And it really got down to a point where I would sit, I was living in this little bungalow that I loved. And, and when I felt that kind of fear start to rise up of like, I don't know if I can pay my rent this month. And I would just think, well, I might not okay, let's get real. I might not be able to pay my rent this month and I might get evicted, but I'm not evicted today. Yeah, I have this place today. And what a shame it would be to waste these last precious moments that I have this little sanctuary that I love being stressed out about not having it. Right? And so I just, and it was like, Ooh, like I could feel my brain building muscles of yeah, just like, like new neurotransmitters. <gasps> uh, yes. Yeah, totally. yeah, like building the new pathways, like, okay, yeah. get into it. And I just, it was a practice mm. every single day. And and then, you know, I I worked there for for a few years. And then when I turned 39, I the gift that I gave myself was to focus on myself completely. Mm. And so I, so I left the shop, which was so hard because it was like, you know, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was it's not working like a, with family, yeah. you know, but I knew I had to it, hero's journey, man. Like yeah. you have, to, you have leave. to leave the chariot. You have to, you gotta leave. Yep. It. Yeah. Gotta leave it. You yes. gotta leave it behind. Gotta go wandering off. Yeah. Find a couple of towers to walk through. You know, <laughs> yep, you <laughs> go, go it. find the gateway. Yep. Pass on through. Yes. And uh, and I did it. And it was like, you know, How the long next. Ago was that? Well, I turned I turned forty in July. Oh wow! So, so it's been two years. Uh, a year. Year. About a year. A year. Yeah. A little over a year. And um, while you were at Spellbound Sky, you were actively making jewelry. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, doing, I launched, launched the oh, business, yeah. had yeah. launch event, was getting, you know, like, good, like press. And, you know, yeah. that's how I got, like, you know, so it, like Hollywood Reporter and Women's Wear Daily. And, like, it's you incredible. know. Incredible. Yeah, my friend Shane yeah. Honeyman did me amazing, amazing favors and, like, really oh. championed me. And just, like, yeah, all, all these women, you know, women. Yeah. Women, Amazing. we're fucking here for each other in yes. such a powerful way. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it was incredible. Mm. And so how has it been since you left? Amazing. Yeah. A, a month after I left, I got the Vogue right up. Yep. And it was just this like. With your beautiful friend, Brie. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Who is such, 
it's just such an angel. How long have you known her? For about three and a half years. That's beautiful. Yeah, I met her through my husband. My husband was hired to produce a record for her when she was a teenage pop star. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> right? Super, super cute. So that's... Um, and they they just became really close. And then we mm. met at a dinner and we're just like, <gasps> you know, that same thing, like, oh, my people. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so it struck me so much when I read that piece about uh, In Vogue, which is the best and mm. it will be in the show notes. Um, I knew you when that piece came out and it was so exciting. Yes. Yeah, I was like shitting my pants. And I was so moved by how supportive just... What the generosity of yes Brie and all of yes. these different people like it's such a reflection of what you're saying so very clearly that you are so generous with the women in your life and so available to that support mm. I feel like that is a real gift yeah. like it really is it's it you know what goes around comes around like I really yeah. and you you break some eggs right oh sure it doesn't always sure, come sure. back to you like oh, sometimes yeah. you put it out there for nothing but. I, I do feel so fortunate yeah. to have just all of these incredible, incredible women who have championed my work. And, and that article came out a month, like basically a month, right? After you went freelance? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Helps. Yeah. Helps have a big old feature in both. Helps a lot. <laughs> Helps yeah. a lot. Yep. Yeah. And it, you know, it, I mean, it like helps in a very Pentacles way, obviously, but sure. it also helps in everything else in like a wands cups and swords way of just like okay you you can't deny that this is what you're supposed to be doing when when something like this comes up and it's it's just crazy oh my god and I was so fucking nervous I maybe have never been more nervous in my life uh Vogue does does not do a written interview unless you're like wildly famous they speak to you on the phone, right? And I was like, uh, I'm re- uh, but I'm better in writing. Like, no, no, talking on the phone. The and face I- I'm making is yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like. Yeah. Right, it was basically, I was just like. <gasps> God. Yeah, so I was like losing my mind. I would have lost my mind. Oh. I am no good. My phone interviews are like, they don't get published is what happens to my phone interviews. <laughs> <laughs> right like, like oh for shit real. yeah no matter how succinct and like normal i try to be like there's always like a wolf tail that flies out of my right. skirt or like a little furry <laughs> ear that i can never quite wow because yeah. i read that article i mean i'm it's fresh for me because right I, I knew i was gonna interview you're very i mean the way that you were written about in that article does not feel to me like phone interview like you you are very gifted well that thank you they're also i mean vogue is vogue for a reason right they are very good at their job Mm -hmm. and what i didn't i i still would have been just as nervous who am i fucking kidding i was gonna say maybe i wouldn't have been as nervous but they vogue does not write trash pieces no right like their whole thing is like we're fabulous and we're going to let you know about some fabulous things. Mm-hmm. So, so that's incredible. But I, oh my God, I was so nervous. And I, yeah. <laughs> I should send you a picture. 
<laughs> of what I looked like when I did the interview. Because <laughs> I'm have to see it. Self-adornment is a sacred act, right? Like I make jewelry for a reason. Like yes. this is all all day. I went ahead and I was like, okay, it's not a video conference. It's just a phone call. So <laughs> I went ahead and put on I have my favorite pre-World War II kimono. Wow. That it's the kimono underwear piece. So it's just like a thin silk robe that I got in Tokyo that I love and it makes me feel fancy and eternal and mm. wise with my ears, my Mickey ears from Club 33. Oh my God! Which was the most special photo. moment of that Brie is responsible for it. Thank you, baby. Yeah, that she took me to Disneyland for the first time in my life and we went to Club 33 and I just like cried all day and lost my mind. It was wonderful. Unbelievable. Yeah. Covered in jewels from like head to toe. Yeah. Oh, total. And like all of the rings and all the necklaces and just like, but like the kimono (laughs) and the ears just like yellow. Yes. This is my lovely home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So cool. Dude, I gotta see that. <laughs> I'll, I'll dig it out. I'll dig it out in sentence. Please, I must. Like, I have to have it. Oh. Wow. So man. that obviously it helped a little bit. Obviously. Yeah. 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 It it helped it. It helped <laughs> a ton. I'm sure. A ton. Yeah. A ton. It was like. I mean, it just opened up everything. Because the thing is. It's the gift of being taken seriously. Yeah. Right. Like that, having that article came out led to so many other interviews and it led to people, you Google my name, it comes up. Yeah. Right. And so people are just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. She's good. Yeah. It's like, it's like having an Ivy League diploma or something, yeah. you know, or it's, it's just it like, oh, okay. Doors. It does. It totally it's, opens It's doors. just this shorthand yeah. for take me seriously (laughs) so 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 people people started doing it and and um and it's it's really yeah that's so beautiful so things have been expanding and beautiful i have some questions i want to so i have a question that's based in curiosity but my what i want to start with is asking about your new tarot line Yes. So Melinda is creating a new line of jewelry that holds the intention of certain tarot cards. Yes. Can you speak about which ones you chose? Yes. So the the initial collection comes out with four cards. Okay. High Priestess. Oh my god. Empress. Of course. Strength. Oh. And Death. I love you. Yes. Wow. I'm like filled. Like, again, just charged left and right. And I need, like, all four. Right? It's incredible. I, I'm so, wow. so excited. And it came out of, you know, the the prescription jewelry, yeah. which is very, very, very individual, right? Mm-hmm. I do a reading, and then it's, like, picking these. I was going to ask you to go through your process, yeah. Yeah, and um, which I can come back to in more detail. And then mm-hmm. I pick out the stones and make, like, a completely unique piece. And then in readings, I also, it's just a natural thing for me to be like, okay, so based on this, you know, like get some fluorite in your life, like go ahead and carry that around or, you know, like this or this or that. And I'm always, and even in my column, like I'm like recommending a lot of stones to wear and carry. And I started to, it it just kind of all started to form a solid from a Mm. cloud of gas, right? Where it was like, ooh, right. 
And then I went to a gem show with an eye on what stone combinations can I put together? And I thought, ooh, two stone, right? Because it's so, I have I have a line, you know, or like a collection with the single stones. But what if we, what if we just expand it out to two? That's rich. Two is so much more than one, numerologically, yes. right? It, like yeah. it's, it's, it's the wisdom. Yeah. The twos are the wisdom. So like, and it was kind of a fun challenge for me too. Like, can you get all the way there in two stones? Ooh. Right? Your face, yes. <laughs> yes. So you went, did you know these four cards? Did no. Did you know that? No. I went looking for, because I didn't want to limit myself. Yeah. So I just went looking at, st- and, just, and just thinking about it. And that's, which is not a challenge for me, right? My brain is just like a soup of stones and tarot cards, like at all <laughs> times. It's always floating yeah. around, just like, oh, look, doesn't that look a little empress? <laughs> and so I just I found I found these stones and then and then did did the combinations and and of course they're they're also cards that are really really big, yes, right, very multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and, and from a strictly, like, kind of consumer mark, marketing perspective, they have a lot of punch. Like, high priestess. Okay, you don't have to be a tarot reader. Packs a lot of punch. Yeah. You know exactly what it is. You know what a is. high priestess is. Yeah. You know what an empress is. My grandmother knows what an empress is. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and so to have, to have that where it would be kind of a thing that people could tap into with no knowledge of the tarot, mm. but that people with knowledge of tarot would be like, ooh, girl. Yes. Nice. You know, and that's what especially like the the death card one, that's like, that's that's my gift to my witches. Oh, which stones did you use for that one? Can you share about it? Fluorite and black tourmaline. Fuck, yes. Right? Fuck, yeah. Get clear on it. Get clear Go on ahead. it. Go ahead. Yeah. Take your moment, get clear on it. And then let it go. Let it go. Yep. Wow. So they're healed. Obviously, everything you do is with prescription. But I love that you're also taking the cards that require in one way or another. uh, Well, really, all tarot cards do this. But as I'm reflecting, they really all are. I love how you're describing it as you have a piece that helps the ego the brain chemistry that can come up mm, around the energy. Yes. Because that comes up around a high priestess empress all the time. Like, yep. they're so romanticized, but it's like, okay, try being in empress space. Like, you will go way back into your turtle shell real quick. Right. It's very powerful. And high priestess is challenging because yep. she really doesn't give you any instruction and kind of just goes, okay, what's, what's your inner knowing tell you? Right. Without really any... Yeah. You know, you have to go down in. So... I love that in strength too. So I love that you've chosen four cards that kind of say, okay, go ahead, do it. And you're yeah. obviously creating it. I mean, I don't know the other three. I literally am dying. I can't wait to find out. But, um, <laughs> I can you, tell you. Yeah, I want to hear it. But like you clear and offer a way in and then offer a way to move through the energy. Right. That is some yeah. tight shit right there that's incredible uh you're hired to write copy about my new collection <laughs> I, like, that's will. amazing i will write because copy now about that it. you're saying that like i you didn't know that no i put them together intuitively <laughs> oh, 
That's I just, it. I just, I mean, like, and, and knowing, you know, like, I'm very, sure. very familiar with the energies of these stones and of the cards mm. at that point. But yeah, that I was just like going with the two. But High Priestess, Aquamarine and Lapis. <gasps> right? So you get to go in. Lapis will take you in. You got to get it back out with the Aquamarine, like, communication, like, clearing that out. But with the gift of, like, keeping, you know, keeping calm about it. Empress is Kunzite and Peridot. Stop it! Right? So same thing, because the Peridot is... Kunzite is inward, Peridot is outward, like outward expression. And then strength, same thing. Ruby and Pyrite. I am beside myself. (laughs) No, really. I'm so excited. What? Ruby and fucking pyrite yeah yeah and then get this so here's my uh like uh, sneak peek i guess at how it's i think that what i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. i'm 99 percent sure so is that i'm going to have the earrings available individually (gasps) so you can say exactly because they're the same style. I just pointed to my ears. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can wear two. You can wear two. You can say, like, ooh, I really need that introspection of the high priestess, but I lack the strength to carry it out. Wow, dude! Right? So you can mix and fucking you match? You can mix and match. And I'm sure you can do things with right or left side. Yes. Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, Melinda. Yeah. So, because oh I was like, oh, it's just... Ugh, I'm I'm so thrilled. Well, and then there's a necklace too, so you could even do a do a threefer if you wanted to get like Whoa. three different energies going on. But I love it, and I just had my 15 year old niece was out, and she's a brilliant photographer, Sydney Reisner. Contorted fetus is her Instagram handle, <laughs> which we may have to work on okay, like great. as her career grows. No one's gonna forget <laughs> it. Right? No one. But she, um, you know, she was, I was like, I want you to, I want you to shoot, shoot my line. So she, she shot it on another incredibly generous woman in my life, Rowan Blanchard, who's a 15 year old genius Mm -hmm. and just like incredible political activist and raging beauty and raging feminist. And it was just, it was so beautiful. Like I just stepped back. And it was like Sydney and her best friend Lola and Rowan. And I just like, I got us a location. I taught the girls how to use the reflector and, you know, like did like some kind of art directing. But these 15 year old girls created the art. And I just 15 year old girls are going to save the world. That's my that's my conviction. They're so. Oh, they're just, they're just everything. So that's, that's something that I'm very, very, very proud of. And when is it going to come out? Do you know? It will be, um, you know, it'll be at the end of this month. I'm going to go home. I'm going to shoot it and I'm going to put it up on the site and I'm going to, something that I'm promising myself, I'm going to stop being so neurotic about (laughs) how it's shot for the web store. Right? Like, oh, should it be should it be on a white background? Should it be on ah? Yeah, I hear you. I'm just going to do it. And My, it's going to go up. Yeah. I, it's been the deepest lesson of, I feel like, both this year. But I really, like, I really feel like you can point to many different things this year specifically in 2017 and really mm-hmm. look at, like, time's done for to try to get it perfect, try to get it right. Just put it out. Like, while yes. you're here. 
while you're physically alive. Exactly. Like, just get it out and just do it. And I've been doing this online course, like, um, at, yeah. the, at the time of this release, uh, it will be already up and out and going, but, <clears throat> oh my God, what an exercise and just like, okay, like, this is what it is, oh, you know? I love it. Yeah. What is your favorite tarot card? You know what? I'm acting like I'm thinking about it and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I know immediately what my favorite one is. Tell me. I have two. Okay. The star and the hierophant. Oh my god. Okay, the star I understand because it's the best. Hierophant, talk to me about it. Why? That card for me is aspirational. Of beautiful sirens going on. Yes, we do. (laughs) I, I say a lot like sirens are like New York's answer to bird calls. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yes, totally. It it happens a lot when I'm really rolling in something powerful and also just sending up good prayers. Everyone's okay. Um, It's aspirational. Totally understand that. Yes. So, and I, it's a card that for me, I think I have spent a lot of time trying to pretend that I am not the Hierophant. And I, and so I've had to just be like, you know what? That's like, what is, what is the core basis? What is the very, very core, the seed of the Hierophant? The Hierophant has a special connection with the divine that is rooted in study. Yes. Right? Like there's, there's a big element of study and does not hoard what he's found out for himself, but uses that platform literally on a raised platform in the Mm -hmm. Smith illustration to help people Mm. to, you know, to be benevolent and even going back to, you know, that card being based, um, you know, I mean, the Marseille deck being called the Pope and, you know, you know, like being based in Christianity. Well, if you go to really the very, like root of Christianity and what the teachings say it is to, you know, love thy neighbor, to be generous, to like help those who need help. And I see the Hierophant as being like, you can see him as like the purest Mm -hmm. figurehead of that, of like, how do you, how do you lead by example to help other people to be generous and kind with their knowledge? Mm. And, and so I just, I just love that card. And I also see him as like another figure that is like adept at going between worlds. Oh yeah. Cause he, he is absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which I love. Yeah. I have his staff on my, oh, on my little that. finger. Yeah. What is the card of any that, not that you dislike, but that works you. What card do you work, do you work in when you get it? You know, I think Four of Pentacles. Really? Four of Pentacles. Talk to me about that. Why? I, whenever the Four of Pentacles comes up in a reading for me or for anyone else, I, it takes me a minute to get into it because of my personal relationship with it. Because I'm like, oh, is this stability or is it hoarding? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, that like... Like, oh, is, is he, like, really comfortable? It, like, mm-hmm. is this a source of comfort? Or is this 
is this limiting. Yes. And even if I think about it outside of the Smith illustration and just think in my mind about like four pentacles in a square, it's like, it's not, it, it feels so static to me. Yeah. And, and I, but then I, you know, the, the work for me is like, oh my gosh, like, is this just tapping into some like fucked up relationship that I have with money and stability? And like, you know, it just like kind yeah. of opens up this whole World. can of worms. Yeah. Oh, what a unique pick for a, I totally, yeah. I get it. I yeah. totally understand. Cause I'm just like, you know, tower. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> you know it well. Love it. I'm great. Like, yeah. like in even five of pentacles, Mm-hmm. I am more comfortable in that is because I have more experience in it. Really saying something, right? That one's a toughie. She's a, she's a, a toughie. toughie. But that's but that's where like like my poor kid things kick t- yeah, kicks in, and I'm just like I can get through this. I can get through anything. Like I grew up eating government cheese. I can da 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 da. Yeah, and totally. Like there's there's kind of like, a, like a weird pride in that. Mm-hmm. But the four, it's like. Which it's is like it? scary to have something to lose almost. Yeah. Oh wow. Powerful. Yeah. And then my last question for you is what card, if any, do you feel like you're in right now? Oh, that's such a good one. You know, I think that I am and maybe have been my whole life and will continue to be in the star. I think that my whole life is about the star. And I think that I've always known that intuitively. So um, I, (laughs) when I was 16 years old, I lied and I said that I was 18 so that I could get a brand, which for those of us who were not alive in the (laughs) 90s uh, and big in the body modification scene, it's a brand like on it, it like yeah. burned, burned into your body. Oh wow! And the symbol that I got burned into my body is the eight pointed star. Wow. And I did not get it for tarot reasons at that time. I didn't put it together. I got it because the eight pointed star is the earliest symbol used by humans to denote a higher power. It's the earliest goddess symbol. Wow. Right. And at that age, my little feminist witchy self, I was like, I devote myself. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm not an abused little kid anymore. I'm drawing a line in the sand. And I, from this point on, I devote myself to the goddess. I devote myself to the feminine. I devote myself to women. Mm. I like, I devote myself to the, to this, which now looking back, I'm like, Holy shit, kid. (laughs) It's amazing. What? I'm like blown away. So. Wow. Yeah. So I have that, and it just makes me, and I, and it's one that I think about all of the time. And like Wonder Woman, eight pointed star, Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel, eight pointed star. I think about it constantly that I believe that there is this, this awakening and that this huge feminine awakening. I think that it's happening and I don't think it's an accident that like, costumers or whatever you know are choosing like wonder woman had a bunch of different stars and like they picked the Mm -hmm. eight-pointed star captain they picked the eight-pointed star Mm -hmm. and i think that like sub there's something in 
the soup, you know, like in the subconscious soup that like this ancient divine feminine is, is rising up again. So, I mean, and may- maybe that's like super aspirational to be like, I'm in the no. star. I'm always in the star. But I do think that my like my life and especially now at this point in my life, it's like my entire life is lived through the lens of how am I serving myself in order to serve the world? Like, what am I doing? How do I take care of myself? What will I, what will I leave behind? How am I improving the culture? Am I doing something that in a hundred years will make a difference? And it's really, really big. And sometimes not not even anymore. I used to think like, oh God, like you think so much of yourself, but now I'm just like, fuck it. Like we're all magicians. We're all magical people. All words are magic. Get your shit together and change the world. Yes. Fuck. I mean, on that note, (laughs) you have to come back. Will you come back? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we have to go deeper. Yeah. There's so much I want to know. And, you know, I would love to have you back just even speaking about that period. But. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately. Oh, my God. I'll talk to you at length about anything it's such a pleasure to be here talking with you it's amazing it's my favorite thing to just like have these conversations yeah i loved it so much i made a podcast about it right i love it (laughs) oh melinda thank you it's been so rich such a gift so people can find you at melindaleehome.com correct correct yes they can also find you on instagram at melindaleehome melindaleehome yep your jewelry is dropping. It will be dropped by the time this podcast comes out. Yeah. Prescription adornment. They can book a tarot reading with you anytime. Yeah. And um, I do, yeah, I do uh, in person in LA or remotely via Skype or whatever. Totally. Yeah. And uh, Melinda is an incredible presence, obviously, from hearing this. If you are in LA, like, book away. You're amazing. Um, and if you're not in LA, book away. Yeah. Yeah. Come to my dining room studio. <laughs> Come to my dining room. Is there anything else? Oh, that's it. Just, I love you. I love, I love you, you Lindsay. I love and I you. love, and everybody listening, I love you. I think it's important to say. Yeah, I love you guys too. Yeah. And you gals and you people. Yeah. Love you people. All the beings. All the beings. Thank you so much, Melinda. Oh, this was thank so you. joyful. Thank you, thank you. And for everyone listening, I will see you next week. Bye.